is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Plenty to jump into in our jam-packed hour morning edition of Real Kipper and Born Nick Kiprios. Josh Santos on tech. Justin Bourne. Sammy McKee. Tons to get into. Uh, continuing conversation on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Pooley Arvey's making news. Patrick Liney in Columbus. And we'll do a little bit of follow-up. Of course, we... At least we got some attention on our on our Ryan McDonough stuff the other day, and I'm not sure how happy Columbus is with me right now. But uh, we'll we'll continue Oopsies. that conversation as it pertains to Patrick Liney and what they do with him, and how important is it that he stays in Columbus now, maybe more than ever. So tons to get into. Renault Lavoie, of course, of TVA Sports, the NHL Network, is going to join us in about uh, 20 minutes to give us uh, the vibe in Montreal. What's going on? How big of a splash do the Canadians want to make outside of what we think is uh, first overall pick of who exactly? We'll get into that as well. But one of the topics of conversation that, of course... uh, I wanted to get to, but, you know, I've had six concussions and it can get derailed at times <laughs> between the ears, is this survey by Jay Fresh. Did I say that correctly, Sammy? You know that, funny. The, the Toronto Maple Leafs fans voted the most annoying and, might I add, delusional. Like, mm-hmm. we, we've, had, we've had these type of, uh, you know, voting contests or whatever you want to call them before, but I've never heard delusional added to it now. <laughs> that one that one caught me off guard, but overwhelmingly win Sammy by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Should we so, put our surprise face on, faces on? So um he did like a bunch of different sort of categories and I, I don't know if you follow Jay Fresh on Twitter, but I, I it's one of my favorite follows. And he just does a bunch of like sort of advanced stat stuff. He's just a good follow on Twitter for hockey fans. But he's done this before, and he did these sort of categories, you know, which team is the most annoying fan base, which team is the most delusional, which team, which NHL fan base is most unhinged and prone to meltdowns over nothing. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs really, really swept away their, uh, swept away their, their, their competition here. Like, you know, they were 45%. I think he had six, over 6,500 people voted. Over 45% of people said that it was the Toronto Maple Leafs were the most annoying fan base. Most delusional fan base, you know, Leafs again. I, okay. I, there's a couple I'm, ways to take this. We can get into it, but uh, where I'm, do you want I'm to gonna start get, I'm going to get JB to break it down uh, on the whys. Yeah. Okay, but before that, I, I want to stick with you, Sammy, one more time because this – this survey is really talking to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are, as we know on our show all season long, the true representation of this crazy Leaf fan base. Mm-hmm. So your first thoughts as a guy that loves the Leafs is what when you when you see this survey? Uh, honestly, <laughs> pride. Pride. <laughs> now pride, you're delusional. Boys. No, it's pride. Like, I, 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 I love it. Pride. I love that. 
I love that yeah. Leaf fans are unhinged. I love that they care. I love that they're annoying. I love all of it. I, I you know, listen, like, it's we've we've talked about this before on the show, but a lot of it comes down to other fan bases' jealousy, other fan bases' upset at how much coverage the Toronto Maple Leafs get. All the sort of conversations about the Toronto Maple Leafs who haven't won around since I was in high school, all the the breath that's spent on them, a lot of it comes down to just being pissed off about that and their fans. You know, guess what? We are annoying. I am annoying. Like, listen, I have buddies in my life. I have chat groups that are insane. They are annoying. Like, that's the way we are. That's the way Leaf fans have always been. And I just take pride in it, boys. Like, I really don't look at that survey and go, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed about that. It's like, no, damn right that. That survey's bang on. Good job, survey. Well, and also for me, it's like volume more than anything. If you have a quadrillion fans and a certain percentage of hockey fans are off their rocker, you're going to have the largest amount of people who are off their rocker for rooting for your team. The other thing I think here is I think it's dead wrong. I truly think it's dead wrong in that I will give you that the market is the most annoying and possibly the most delusional. So with that, I include the media. Uh, because, again, volume. I think the fans know what the team... I don't talk to a single Leafs fan who goes, we're the best and we're going to win the Cup. That never comes up. I don't, th- I don't talk to any Leafs fans who even believe in this team. <laughs> everyone I talk to thinks the point. team... So I don't know how delusional they are. If they're annoying, it's because they're still relevant despite not winning, and that's frustrating to people. Well, I think... I. I think the delusion comes in from when, you know, Austin Matthews has a hot streak and I tell the world that he's better than Connor McDavid. Like, you know, the, 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 the ups and downs of being a Leaf fan, like, I think the want to believe, the want to get excited about the team, the want to believe that it can be different next year, they can get past the first round, God forbid, go to the Stanley Cup final one time. I think that can be perceived as delusion. You know, where it's like, I, yeah. the Leaf fans want it so bad. They want it way worse than any other fan base wants it. The Leaf yeah, fans want it the worst. Yeah, I don't buy that. I don't no? buy that for one. No, they're all the same. You, you love your team. You want them to win more than ever. They're all the same. But to JB's point, there's just more of, of the Leafs. The mm. true measure for me on, on, on why everybody else hates, again, the, the, the Toronto Maple Leaf fan base or the attention that they get uh, it really comes down to me is what is often said the the root of all evil is money. And mm. if you follow the money, it stems out of Toronto. And it it stems out of the attention. You mentioned the media, JB. Yeah. And they're not dumb people. The the newspapers Thanks. aren't dumb people. The you know the the thing at uh, at the Hockey News, one of the most respected names, uh, publishing names over the course of uh, a gazillion years now. It's simple, basic business. You want to sell a lot of covers, more covers than you can sell any other time. You put a Toronto Maple Leaf jersey on it. You put a sure. player from the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it will outsell every other magazine with any other player on it. It's just, and and that's where you've got now uh, the media out of Toronto. It's already the biggest media, uh, hockey media market uh, in the world. And when you have those type of uh, instructions from your bosses to uh, sell 
around the Leafs because it sells more than ever, and that includes Sportsnet and TSN, they're going to get the most attention. You Winning and losing doesn't matter. That's the one thing that seems to be recession-proof for the Toronto Maple Leafs is win or lose, it's irrelevant. While most of 90, 95% of the franchises say win and you make money, lose and you don't. That that doesn't that that rule does not apply to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, you know, for and this that, whole yeah. that pisses off every other fan base because they don't play by the same rules as us. We lose, right. we're done. You guys lose, you keep making money. You know, I've I've got this theory, you know, so I've lived all over North America. I'm 39 years old. I've spent half my life in both countries. I've lived in Arizona, Alaska. I've lived in Saskatchewan, Ontario, BC, New York, Los Angeles, Idaho, Pennsylvania. Like, I've lived all over North America. People so are the same it's, everywhere. It's only an hour show, but I know. People are the same everywhere. Everywhere. People say, oh, people from the South are so nice. Ah, they're the same. They just hide it better with polite words. Canadians are so nice. Ah, they're the same as everywhere else. They just, New Yorkers are crass or whatever. No, they just tell you how they feel quicker. Everyone's the same everywhere. It's all the same. The fan bases are the same. Hockey fans are the same. It's just some jealousy, some extra jealousy, and you make the point about money. It, the people are no different. It's all same everywhere. So the part of this survey that I found incredibly interesting and satisfying is that uh, Jay Fresh also tracked which teams were picked most often as most annoying, like which fan base picked the Leafs as most annoying most often. And Montreal Canadian fans, number one at 87, 81% of Montreal Canadian fans that did the poll for to Toronto, Winnipeg 79, Edmonton 76, Boston 70, Ottawa 68, Pittsburgh 66, Vancouver 66. So like all these teams that I don't like, you know, I don't really like any of those teams. I guess I like Pittsburgh because of Sid, but most of those teams, not a big fan of, you know, it just gives you that little satisfaction. Like, I don't think about those teams, you know? Like, I'm those surprised. teams, like, <laughs> Don Draper, like, I don't think I, about I, you at all. It's true. Like, I don't think about, like, I guess I think about the Habs when they, you know, when they beat the Leafs in the first round playoff, I thought about that. But, like, generally, I just think about the Leafs. I watch the Leafs, I talk about the Leafs. And all these other, all they do is spend time thinking about the Leafs, and that brings me great, great joy. Like, we got a text I, on the text line already from a 604. What's 604? I think that's, is that out west? That's anyway, Vancouver. Was, yeah. The idea that any other hockey fans are jealous of the Leafs is absolutely outrageous. It's like, oh, feed me it. Like, oh, the good it. stuff. Oh, that's what daddy <laughs> likes. Like, oh. so, so when Hockey Night in Canada spends 20 minutes on the Leafs in their pregame and Vancouver gets three minutes, uh, yeah. not an issue. Too bad. Too bad. BX had talked no. about that. BX had talked about that's a legitimate thing that the players felt, that frustration being in Vancouver. Really? 100%. I thought Vancouver would, yeah, maybe Montreal's at number one at 81%, as Sammy just said, but I thought Vancouver would be right behind Montreal. I, I yeah. never would have thought Ottawa would have had enough of a pulse in the last few <laughs> years to, to vote that high. I, I honestly, I can't believe the disdain from Toronto to Vancouver as well. When I lived out west, you know, I, I heard that people in Toronto were arrogant and, you know, all these things. And they came here. And uh, the first thing I heard about Vancouver is a bunch of sushi-eating hipsters, bunch of lefty, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe you guys care well, so much about them. I will say that I've been to a game in Vancouver for Leafs and Canucks 
and the Leafs were good, and Vancouver was not very good. It was, like, I think, maybe Matthew's second year. It was the, one of the Sedins last year. Maybe the Sedins last year. And the vitriol I had towards me in that game was intense, boys. Like, and I've been to <laughs> I've been to the South Side of Chicago for a Jays White Sox series. Like, I've I've had it tossed at me at games. Like, I have really felt it, and I have never felt the hate like I felt in Vancouver oh, oh, it's towards real. the Leafs. Like, I went. I I'll tell you a quick story. I was doing a crosswalk. I pressed a button in Vancouver, like go across the crosswalk. I'm the guy. The car stops. I'm walking across. I'm wearing like my Leafs dad hat or whatever, like very subtle, don't have my jersey on or anything. Guy just blares his horn. I look at him, double bird. Double bird. <laughs> it's like, okay, guys, like imagine somebody in Vancouver here doing that. Like it's just, I, 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 it just sort of goes back to the story about how they think about the Leafs so much. And we well, don't two birds is so much worse was than one. Kevin Bieksa driving? No, it wasn't Kevin Bieksa. <laughs> no, it was not. Okay. All right. Well, listen, uh, Fun times, as always, for the stuff. Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Uh, on, uh, on another note, uh, yesterday a few announcements uh, we should mention. Uh, Dr. Haley Wickenheiser, Ryan Hardy, Daryl Medcalf, all uh, promoted to roles as assistant general manager. Curtis Sanford hired as a goaltending coach. Matt Molson named as an amateur scout. Uh, all of this is great. Uh, new faces, fresh faces. Always good. Uh, gender equality for for is is a big thing right now in the National Hockey League. All positive stuff. But in saying that, is this in a in a big picture uh, the the right time for the Leafs to talk about promoting people? Is it when you look at a team uh, like the Marlies that missed the playoffs and a parent team that that got knocked out in the first round? Is it fair to say that people are saying, uh, why now? Yeah, you know, I. so I, I know enough about enough of these people here that, like, I know they're impressive people. Haley Wickenheiser is a no-brainer, right? I mean, the the greatest woman, female hockey player outside Mary Philippe Poulin now uh, with her career, obviously incredibly hardworking to get the, to become a doctor, intelligent, like she's... She can do it all. She's someone who deserves more opportunity. This is great. Daryl Metcalf, I know him from the analytics side, uh, yada, yada. Go on and on. He's he's a wonderful guy, smart as can be. The first thing that stood out to me, though, is, yeah, Kipper, they are all inexperienced, right? The, their only experience in the NHL is having been hired mm-hmm. by Kyle. And this is an organization that seems to need some new ideas. And so promoting the same people who have been a part of what's been there I, I'm with you that I can't help but notice that three hires, none of them brought an outside voice. They're just more internal people. There's not one person. I'm like, that person doesn't deserve that. But, uh, yeah, it, it did stand out to me that the three hires were fairly inexperienced. And, and Borny, you know, you know, uh, you know, Borny, you know, Born, uh, Born, you know, Dubas pretty well. And I know that one of the things that's always been like having different voices and like I understand that side of it. And I actually think that's important to have different perspective on things and like sort of, you know, change up ideas if you're in a room with somebody and have something to talk about. But at what point is it too many 
peop, like too many voices. Like remember that one show yeah. where he went through all the people that work for the Leafs and the amount of coaches and GMs and everything. Like it just feels like there's so many people that are weighing in on these decisions. Maybe it waters down decisions. I don't know. It just feels like there's so many people involved now. It's it's hard for me to figure oh. out you know who does what. But I'm well, gonna, and, I'll just jump on your back with. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Sam, and, and we won't. And this no. isn't just about the Toronto Maple Leafs, but this is any uh, any management team. We don't really know who does what or who has enough influence or who makes decisions. And like in any business, there's a, a pecking order and who who reports to who. And when it's all said and done, um, you, you just don't know uh, who's who's making those key decisions at the right time. We know. We know ultimately from afar where we think the accountability should lie. And for the Toronto Maple Leafs, you can have a gazillion people, but we ultimately say first and foremost, uh, we look at Brendan Shanahan, right? That's the guy. That's the guy that uh, everybody reports to, everybody answers to. But as far as how much, uh, how bigger of a voice Haley Wickenheiser has today um, compared to yesterday, we, we, we don't really know. No, you're right. Um, and uh, to be honest, I like. I don't understand the, the the having people on staff. So the the Leafs have all this financial clout, and then they have Daryl Metcalf or sorry, uh, Daryl Belfry, who's the skills coach, who also is a skills coach for twenty other guys in the league. And they had Barb Underhill, who's the skating coach, who's also the skating coach at the Tampa Bay Lightning, and whatever. Like, to me, these are the people who are like, if they're that good, pay them and make them your own. And if you want Haley Wickenheiser to be the GM of the team, this is great. Pay her, make her a GM so she isn't a doctor and she focuses on your team full-time, whatever. Is that so unreasonable are, are, are we to want to buy people? Are we under the impression uh, 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 Dr. Haley uh, is splitting time here between her... I, I don't know that job. answer, so I'm maybe she's not. That. Maybe she's full-time GM at this point. I don't know. So, but but I would expect that, right? Like the uh, of a team like this, that you have the financial club to say think, we you want your at, attention here. Do you think at this point that uh, uh, either the media or the fan base uh, need to know how this works with an assistant general manager, if she is part time or full time? Do you think, think that Dubis needs to a, come out? Do you think that yeah, needs think, to be addressed? I think Dubis is addressing the media today. I think around one o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm sure that question will get asked in terms of like because. Being the general ma- assistant general manager of a, uh, you know, a National League hockey team is pretty uh, time-consuming, I would imagine. And I would imagine being a doctor is pretty time-consuming. Yeah. So I think there's probably a world in which, listen, like, that's inc- she's just a hard worker. Of course she is. Of course. I hope to never have to work as hard as Haley Wickenheiser has been working the last you know, But there's only so many hours in a day. I know. That's what I mean. Right. That's what I'm getting at yeah. here. So. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see what what they're what they're going to do there. And again, like I know Metcalf like very well, and he's a super smart guy and very thoughtful. And I understand why he's being elevated further. It is just like, yeah, are you going to bring in an outside voice or a different view? This to me is Dubis going all in on his vision. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm getting fired if it doesn't work. We're going. Out, I'm going out with my people. Uh, you know that these are his people. 
So if you'll, if you'll allow me a quick own sound shout out to Curtis Sanford, who is a own sound platers legend, uh, who got hired as the goalie coach of the Leafs. Very exciting for me. He was my hero when I was a kid. He was in net for what was supposed to be the last game ever for the own sound platers. So, uh, very, very cool that he got hired by the Leafs because it's kind of yeah. like a life thing coming full circle from own sound played for the platers. There you go. Way to go, Curtis. Well, listen, if, if, if the Leafs don't uh, address a goaltending situation, he, might be he, in. Be <laughs> he, he could be coaching himself. <laughs> oh, God. I love it. It's true. And then Matt Molson gets hired as, uh, as a, a, scout a scout for the team, right? He, yeah. uh, he tried out for my junior hockey team, showed up, uh, shirt unbuttoned down to his navel, gold chain, Scored four goals but wouldn't fight, and our junior hockey coach said, "Yeah, you got to fight if you want to be here." Gets cut, ends up being a superstar. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it was so good times. I sent out a tweet. I sent out a tweet about Matt Molson that he was his scouting job is to find a player as good as him against the Toronto Maple Leafs because that guy, I swear to God, when he was playing for the Sabers, playing for the Isles, that guy scored twice against the Leafs every game. He was a Leaf killer, so that's what he's hoping to find when he goes out there and scouts. Smart All right, uh, we know we're, what, uh, under 40 hours to the NHL draft. Uh, you mentioned the Leafs, whether or not they could uh, do something big or not. Uh, are we going to get any clarity in terms of Kyle's uh, uh, thought process on the goaltending? Uh, every minute that goes by, Sammy and JB, is it another minute where you're absolutely convinced Jack Campbell is done as a Toronto Maple Leaf? Yeah, I don't know. No, I, I'm all the know. way there. I'm all the uh, way there. Yeah, you know, it's if if Jack's gonna cost whatever four and a half, what's he gonna cost? I don't know. Like, I just don't know that there's that much better out there. It does sound like the relationship is fractured, but God, like everyone wants Billy Huso because he's available and pretty good. Everyone's into Mark Andre Fleury. Everyone needs a goalie. Billy Huso had like a stretch of ten, twelve good games. That's what I'm and, saying. So what? You're going to give him four and a half instead of Jack? And he lost the the, the net back to Bennington when it mattered. I don't I don't know uh, how high you want to go for a guy like that. I know. So you know you want to go a little bit more for Jack Campbell? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I still I'm torn in this whole goalie situation. I, I just don't want it to be la- last show's scenario. <laughs> That's what I don't want. So who do we have? Who do we? It, it, once UFA opens, where do you uh, rank Jack Campbell in terms of one of the biggest names out there? Because we know, and we feel that uh, uh, Darcy Kemper, I think in a perfect world, Colorado would like to resign him, but I don't think that they're going to go as high as he thinks he might want to start topics of a conversation uh in colorado so where do you rank jack campbell let's bring in renault lavoie of course from uh, tva sports he's a busy guy in montreal i uh, thank you for taking a few times renault to, to join us and uh, i'll come to you first and then let the guys pipe up but where do you see the goalie rankings in terms of free agents oh well that's a that's a great question but you know what you were mentioning, uh, Jack Campbell, before uh, uh, I, I came in, and you know what I, Jack Campbell. If you look at his career, is a, a really unique one, right? Um, he got picked early. 
it was tough for him to uh, play in the league and to stay in the league. But after that, I, I believe that, he, especially, especially with the Toronto Maple Leafs, he was able to prove to a lot of people that he's a, he's, he's a really good goalie. And I understand that in Toronto, it's a different market. It's not easy. Um, you, know, you look at Frederick Anderson last season, what happened to him too. And I think that Frederick was a, a you know, big part of uh, the, uh, the hurricane success this season. Sadly for him, he got injured. Uh, so for me, I really like Jack Campbell, to be honest with you. I believe that he can bring a lot to a team. And I understand probably, too, at the same time why, uh, you know, Maple Leafs fans are a little upset again because the team um, didn't uh, beat the, the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round and and. Would, would, would we have a different discussion today regarding Jack Campbell if uh, they beat the, uh, the Lightning in the first round? Uh, probably yes. Uh, and and that's, that's why it's, it, it's really um, a, a, a tough situation for the Maple Leafs because if they're honest to themselves, probably they, they, they're looking at a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, and Marc-Andre is a really good goalie, and you can say easily, well, he's the number one uh, goalie available in the UFA market, and I, I wouldn't disagree, but to, to say that Jack Campbell uh, is not close to Marc-Andre and we can debate ahead of, of Marc-Andre, I mean, that, that in my mind, there's no doubt that because he's a little younger too, that Jack Campbell should be ahead of Mark Andre Fleury in the ranking. That that's just me saying. I'm not saying here that Mark Andre is not a good goalie, but he's getting older, and for me, it's it, it, that's the only way I put. I'll, I'll put Jack Campbell in front of uh, in front of Mark Andre. To be honest with you. Renault, we're on the precipice of a big moment in Montreal Canadiens history, about to pick first overall in a draft in Montreal. Can you give us an update on some of the rumors around what Montreal will do in this draft? We heard some some rumblings that have maybe a potential trade, try to get another high yeah. pick. Well, who? What are you hearing around Montreal headed towards this this big draft? Lots of balls in the air, huh? There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, for and, sure. It, and one story is good one day and probably uh, not good the next day or, or 72 hours after. Because um, it's obvious that the Kenyans are trying to get creative here. They have to, okay, for many reasons. Uh, they have a first-round pick overall. Uh, last time it happened was more than 40 years ago. And they, at the time, they didn't pick the right guy. So that's a mistake that they can do even if it's 40 years ago. But like uh, Kent Hughes mentioned, I, I cannot worry about what happened 40 years ago, and probably I'm not going to be back. Uh, I'm not going to be here in 40 years. Um, so you, you look at what the Kenyans needs to do is, I believe that they need to be really creative there. They, they like some players in the draft, uh, but the fact that uh, when we talked to Kent on on Monday, they were not sure who was the number one pick because it, 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 it's a it's, I'm not going to say it sent a strange signal, but it just shows that there's an internal debate debate regarding who's going to be the number one pick. Probably as of right now, they, they have a pretty good idea of that, who's that guy going to be. But at the same time, are they hoping that someone call 
with an offer that they can't refuse? Probably. And I'll say rightly so, because we don't know. that That's the reality. Who's going to be, if you look at the top three, who's going to be the best player? Honestly, um, in the long run, it's really tough to project. Maybe harder than ever to project who's going to be the best player in the top three that's going to be picked this year. And that's, that's a real problem. Uh, it, it's easy to say, well, uh, must be fun as a GM uh, to, to be in this situation. Probably next year, yes. It will be a really good, easy thing to do to pick, to have the number one pick. But this year, it's really complicated. I understand people are going to say Shane Wright is by far the best player. Yeah. Is Montreal a good market for him? I don't know. You have to. So there's a lot of things right now that the Canadians need to uh, handle. And it's not all about. who is going to be the best player and in the long run, they need to understand that that player will play in Montreal, which is, as everybody knows, a different market. Austin Matthews was an easy pick because of all his skills and he's a character guy. I mean, he, he, I feel Austin was an easy pick for the Maple Leafs, but there's no Austin Matthews, I feel, in this year's draft. Renault, I'm taking you off. TVA and uh, the NHL Network, and I'm now making you the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. I want <laughs> to know your first pick with the with the with the limited knowledge that you have in the background on each yeah, yeah. Uh, top player. Who are you taking when you consider uh, the Montreal market? Well, you know what? It's uh, as you mentioned. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, until probably uh, the month of February or March, I was leaning on Shane Wright. But, um, you know, the playoffs that he had, the end of his season was really tough. The, 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 the message that I received uh, from scouts, were they were in a way scary. Uh, and, and that doesn't help. That, that, you you want to leave a really good last impression, and I think that's the problem with Shane. And I, I just want to go back to what I say. He's a really good hockey player. But last impressions are really important here. That's what I believe. And if you look at, uh, you know, Euros Lavkovsky, the last impression that he gave uh, the world was way different than Shane Wright. He's six foot four, 225 pounds. He's, he's skilled. He's fast. He's a man. Uh, he's, he's a man physically, he's a man mentally for many reasons. And it will be personally looking at him and say, you're not going to be my first round pick. My first pick overall will be really a tough decision to make. So for sure, the, in my mind, he's my guy. And I, I'm not saying he's the perfect player. He's, he's not perfect. Um, but there's, things that I really like about him and about what I can do with him. He can play Laval in the AHL because he, he, he played uh, in pro leagues in, in Finland. So because of that's an advantage for him because I can say I can bring him at training camp, look at what he's doing, and if, if I'm not uh, convinced that he, he's capable of playing, uh, you know, uh, Every game in the NHL, Laval is is 
35 minutes away from, from Montreal. I can easily send him to, to Laval to spend some time and work there on his skills. So there's a lot of advantages of uh, picking him first. Um, if you look at Shane Wright, if he has a, a bad training camp, or you're going to do, you're really going to send him to uh, the OHL, what kind of message is going to send? It's not going to be easy. It, it, and I think it's probably a, a complicated situation for the Canadians because they need to re- make the right move and they need to develop. And, and Ken Hughes, one thing that he mentioned, I don't want the best player right now. I want the best player at 23, 24 years old. Guys, that, that says a lot. That says a lot about what they want to do. So they want to develop that. that they believe that they'll, they'll have to work really, really hard with whoever they're going to pick first. That's the reality. Hmm. That is fascinating. The the Slavkovsky stuff is is interesting. A um, lot of intrigue around there. You know, when I open their cap friendly page and kind of look at what's ahead for this Canadians team, two things stands out to me. One is how many picks they have this year. My God, two in the first, oh. two in the second, three in the third, three in the fourth. Yeah. I mean, they got ten picks in the first four rounds. Are they going to make all those picks? Do you think? No, no. That. I'm telling okay. you, that's not the goal. That's not the okay. goal, right? The goal but, is to, 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 to make some trades. And, and Kent Hughes mentioned it um, earlier, too, uh, this week when he said that there's a ch- better chance probably that he's going to trade his second pick in the first round, which is uh, at, at rank 26. So I, I, I believe that that could be a real possibility for the Canadians. Um, and like you mentioned, they have so many picks in the first uh, four rounds. It's it's kind of crazy. No, they 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 they'll they'll have to move some uh, some picks and and some assets. By the way, because the reality for this team is, this is a team who, who spent the most money last year. If you look at all the players on LTR, yeah. they, they they spent close to one hundred million and they finished last. They're they're in unaccept- Are yeah. they? What do you what you just said? I just said I, I think they are in cap hell, are they not? Yeah, they, they are. You just nailed it. it that's exactly in the, in the position that they are right now. And people are not talking about it a lot here in Montreal. They're focusing on who's going to be, uh, you know, the number one pick. But at the end of the day, there's some uh, bigger issues with this team right now. They're in cap hell. And they, they, they'll have to make uh, – they, they, they'll have to, to trade players. If they don't trade one or two players by the end of this week, at least two, it'll be a big disappointment, I'm pretty sure, for them. So they, they, they'll have to uh, make some uh, cleaning here because they can't, they, can't, they can't go with the same players and, and try and hope that it's going to you know, be better next year. Obviously, it's going to be a little better, but – you, we don't know what what's carry price situation either. So there's so many things uh, that that are not helping helping this franchise right now. That they, they at least if they have cap room, it's going to make uh, things easier for them. Especially because there's other players that they're interested in, and if they don't clean uh, some cap space between now and and the uh, and July 13 when the UFA market's going to open, it, it, it's going to be more problematic than ever. So. They'll have to make some moves, and hopefully they'll they'll take advantage of the number of tra- uh, picks that they have to to make things happen. 
I, I want to get to Carey Price, but before that, uh, I just want to uh, ask you uh, about uh, who's who's leaving here. They got to alleviate the cap, as we said. Uh, it, it, Josh yeah. Anderson, Christian Dvorak, uh, Jeff Petrie. Mm. Who, who's going? Well, Josh Anderson it will take uh, a huge offer to to make you know to 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 get Josh Anderson because. I don't think that they're ready to trade him at all. Uh, they really like him. They really like what he's bringing to the team on and off the ice. So to to say, hey, you know what, we're going to trade Josh Anderson to help another team, um, it, it's going to take a lot. I, I promise you, a lot. So I don't expect any trade involving him soon. I'm not saying it's, it can't happen, but I, I'll be a little shocked if it happens. Can it be a Christian Dvorak play, uh, type of player? Yes, no doubts about that, that that player could be traded. Same thing with uh, Jeff Petrie because Jeff uh, asked for a trade, but at the same time, they know that it, it, as of right now, there's not a lot of offers on, on the table that can really help the Canadians in the long run. They don't want to, you know, they, what thing that one thing that they don't want to do that probably some teams are asking for is uh, send me Jeff Petrie with uh, your uh, second round pick. Uh, no, I'm not going to make you, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're not stupid. Jeff Petrie had a really bad season, uh, but does it mean that this play. defenseman, he, he, he still can play exactly right. It's not, it's probably the worst season that he'll have in the NHL. So you know that if you're making a move like that, it's it's not gonna if you're trading him with a draft pick you're getting screwed so uh no they they they'll there's a, still a chance that he's gonna play next season the goal is to trade him but they're not gonna give give it to another team that's for sure so Christian Dvorak if I had to circle one name is the name that I'll uh, I'll circle and say probably he's not going to be here to start next season or in the next two weeks he's not going to be a, a member of this franchise. Uh, so you mentioned the Carey Price situation that we're not sure about. So just a uh, just a quick follow up on that, if we can. What is his status, and what are they waiting on uh, to find out from him? So, like uh, Kent mentioned uh, last week, he had a procedure on his knee. It's not a surgery. Uh, it's more another technique to to see what can be done to uh, make sure that his knee is gonna react the right way, right way to treatment. Um, so it's really a question right now of crossing fingers and hope that it's going to work. But even if it works, even if he's ready for training camp, is he going to play, uh, you know, uh, when uh, Christmas gonna be, is going to arrive? So that's, that's the biggest problem here is that there's a lot of uh, question marks. And even if he, he's having a really good um, summer, which everybody hopes, and he's ready for training camp, what's next? And that's that's sadly the reality right now for Carey Price because he wants to play. Uh, he, he wants to be back. He wants to help this team. Um, he never requested a trade, and and now you're you're. It's not easy for the Canadians because they they don't have clarity regarding Carey Price, and and I don't expect that they'll have any clarity between now and the training camp. The only clarity that they can have between now and training camp is it's not working. The procedure that they did no. didn't work at all. And I, I can't even, Renault, I cannot even get to what's next because uh, 
the issues medically with this guy. The swelling is still an issue, yep. uh, from what exactly. I'm told. And this is exactly this is uh, this is an issue that they thought they were going to have cleared up in four to six weeks this time last year. Yeah. And has anyone yep. asked why the medical staff of the Montreal Canadiens or anyone else for this matter cannot nail down the issues and why there is continuing well, issues with his knee? This, to me, is a huge red flag. It's a problem. Probably he needs another surgery, right? But if he needs another surgery, he'll be out for for more than six weeks. Right. He'll be out probably for another year. So what does it mean for Carey Price's career if he's out another year? Can he play after that? So that that's probably uh, why right now uh, it's a tough spot for Carey, for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, because he's trying to find a way not to go under the knife for a second time. That's probably it. And and we'll see how things are going to evolve over the, the summer. But if if procedure that he had a few weeks ago is not working, well, that press conference will be, the next press, uh, press conference in Montreal will be about Carey Price saying that he can't, he can't play anymore or that he needs a surgery to uh, hopefully play another game in the NHL. And remember one thing, guys. I know it's a long time ago, <laughs> but two months and a half ago at the end of the season, I asked Gary Price that question regarding his, the game that he played at Bell Center, and I asked him if he felt like it was his last game in the NHL, and he said that he, said that he prepared like it was. So probably in his mind, there's a good wow. chance he's not going to play again. So that's that's the reality right now for Carey Price. He's battling through swelling, like you just mentioned, uh, making sure that he, he can be back. But as of right now, there's no clarity regarding Carey Price. That would be a hockey's loss. Uh, one of the, the great no doubt. Ones, uh, Carey Price. Okay, I'm going to take your general manager's hat off and let you enjoy the, the rest of the draft. <laughs> hey, we didn't discuss uh, terms, though. <laughs> hey, you want a buyout already? Short-term, short-term deal. Hey, J- hey one, one more. It, Kent Hughes, I, he's still fairly new in all of this. I would imagine the pressure is massive on Kent Hughes yeah. to to yeah. to get this pick right. This could yeah. this could really define his uh, his career as a, a general manager this early. Yeah, but one thing for sure is. Why, first of all, there's Kent Hughes and the Jeff Gordon, right? And I, I think Jeff, uh, there's around the league, is a well-respected man. And same for Kent, because Kent is an agent. So he had to uh, navigate through uh, different type of situation as an agent for the last 20, 25 years. So I'm pretty sure that he's got a strong idea of what needs to be done here. So... That's why I think this draft year is really intriguing because I, I know how and, – and you talk to Kent over the years. He, he's not going to go easily with the uh, – easy with the, 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 you know, oh, we need to do that because everybody, everyone is telling us that we need to do this. That's, that's not the way he thinks. He's a little, they think it's outside the box, which I believe really, really helped especially this year, because you badly need to think outside the box. Badly. 
Because if you're picking the popular choice, I think you're, you're, you're taking, well, it's the popular choice. Everyone's going to be happy now. What's next well is said. going to be the, the real question here. Well said, Renault. Really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for doing this. Uh, enjoy the, the next few days. No problem, and thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks, Renault. Renault Lavois. God, he's the best. PDA Sports. Ah, oh, he's terrific. Really good. And uh, I love his, his, uh, his last comment that, uh, yeah, if Kent Hughes screws this up, he can always blame Jeff Gordon. <laughs> that's true, right? That, that's what he said. He's like, I've been handed a, you know, the assignment halfway through here. Yeah, no, this I, one's going to be large marge for the Montreal Canadiens that they get this yeah. pick right. God, that cap sheet. He's got some work to do, boys. Holy Joel hell. Armia makes $3.4 million per season for three like, more years? Like, what are some of these contracts? Bergevin wow. was feeling some kind Byron's of way when he was stroking checks. They, they're not the only team. We've got one here oh, locally, no as we know. But uh, this is an ongoing <laughs> issue that teams oh, it's no with comparison a flat cap are, are, are – there's no wiggle room here. There's no there's wiggle nothing. room, but they have great players and are good. Like, the Habs have no good players and are the worst <laughs> team in the league in their cap. Spend $100 million. We got to go to break. Yeah, let's go to break. We got to go to break. <clears throat> Oh. All right, when we come back, uh, a little bit more on uh, Columbus. Patrick Laine, what do they do with him? We'll discuss that and so much more after the break. More Real Kipper and Born. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and Alish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Not sure if you guys noticed, but uh, our conversation on Columbus and Ryan McDonough in Nashville got uh, a little bit of attention for us or me, anyways. You guys are safe. They're all uh, they're all uh, uh, questioning, uh, you know, what uh, what I had said, and you know, I, I guess in a, in if I gave the impression that uh, it was a done deal, that this was kind of cooked or was happening between Columbus and uh, Tampa Bay, I apologize because that was not my intention. Uh, my intent, because there's no guarantee. I think uh, in, in the waiver wire, I think Columbus was like the 12th in order to put a claim in on Ryan McDonough. So there's no guarantees there. Right. But certainly uh, I stand by everything else in terms of Columbus really wanted to trade for him, couldn't get a deal done, and we're going to look at the uh, uh, picking him up on the wire. That's that's the, the threat, story. Yeah. The threat to McDonough remains there, that we will waive you and someone will claim you and you don't know who it's going to be. Could be Correct. Could be someone else, yeah. Absolutely. Which I think the other thing, too, and it, it, it strikes a nerve, and I get it, that if you're Columbus and you look at their history the last few years – it's hard for them to recruit players and it's hard for them to keep players. We've seen that over the years with Bobrovsky, Panarin, uh, Seth Jones, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like they cannot get guys to want to stay there, which is ridiculous. I mean, I, I talk to Doug McLean all the time. Great place great to live. Great, great uh, wonderful family place. There's... Uh, once you're there, you, you should fall in love with a, a community like that. But that hasn't been the case. 
and there is a little bit of frustration. Now, the latest I had heard out of Columbus um, is that uh, they want to get Patrick Line signed. This is so important right now, especially now that they can convince Patrick that he wants to be there long term. And uh, it will send a great message that stars want to stay. Yeah, that 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 is a good good aspiration. A great player, you know. I I think there's still great days ahead for Patrick Line in his career. So I get why they would want to do that. Columbus, I think, is just a lack of media attention. You know, like a lot of cities, it's like, oh, it's high taxes in Canada. It's freezing cold. It's this, that, the other thing. Columbus, I think, is just they don't get as much attention as other places. Well, but yeah, a guy like Line may like that. What con- what kind of, kind of contract does he get? I would think that uh, anywhere five five, five years eight? and above, you got to be you got to be eight and a half nine million dollars. I think so. I'd pay him that. I right? Line is going to score you forty to fifty for there his, you his go. Shoot number of those seasons. Hey, yeah. how about Columbus? Get him a centerman. Let's start there. Yeah. All right. Our thanks to Renault Lavoie of TVA's great insight on the draft. We're back again tomorrow. Stick around. More Real Kipper and Born this week.